Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 100. We're there. We're, we did this, folks. 100 episodes. I am officially, uh, I get some kind of a medal in the Podcast Hall of Fame. No, not really, but we are here to celebrate it. Uh, this has been a wonderful journey for me, and I hope for you following me on this journey of parenthood, fatherhood, and all things in between. So I wanted to invite an old friend of mine, my colleague from the Podcasteers. It's Joe Hood. Hi, Joe. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Joe's going to help me celebrate today, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a podcast cent- centenarian. Centenarian? That's Is that the word? The podcast centenarian, trademark Joe Hood. I've just coined the term. We're going to make a ton of money off of it. Centenarian was my favorite uh, creature from the Harry Potter series, the centenarian. <laughs> That's the one that ran through the forest, right? Yeah, the one that ran through the forest and, and stabbed the unicorn. Um, so in all seriousness, uh, you know, this, this journey through fatherhood and, uh, it started, uh, back in 2016 with my first episode ever, uh, where I talked about being, becoming a dad. Um, at least that's kind of when I started recording it. It might not have been actually released until, um, you know, into 2017, but when, when thinking about how far this journey has, uh, you know, how far I've come through this journey. And Joe has been uh, a part of this uh, journey in a, in a few different ways. We met each other on America's Next Top Podcast, where we're part of the Podcasteers. He's been on this show to talk about his perspective as a father, as well as coming back on this show to interview me and my experience. And I said, you know what? That was received very well. Uh, let me talk to Joe and see what he wants to do to celebrate with me on 100 episodes. So again, thanks for being here, Joe. This has been great. Absolutely. Yeah, that is my super secret power my super my secret superpower <laughs> getting other people to tell their stories and i think uh, my goal here for today is to get out some of the stories about your experience i think we'll talk about some of the lessons you've learned but you're great about bringing that up on a regular basis i'm really interested in hearing your experience and your growth through recording a hundred of these over what i guess the past two and a half plus years um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to jump right into some questions. Yeah, let's do it. So let me ask you this right now. What's your favorite thing about doing this show? Oh man, my, fa- uh, my favorite thing about doing this show is probably just hearing the various perspectives, um, from different people and how, first of all, how they approach parenting, but also, so there's various perspectives in that. But then hearing that consistency of a you know of love being this constant message throughout everything, um, that's been really really rewarding because it oftentimes kind of like reinforces my uh, my perspective and you know humanity's not all lost out there. I think it's it's easy to get caught up in the negative, but when we think about uh, all the positive messages, the the love that's been brought into this show from people of various backgrounds and beliefs, that's just been, it's been reaffirming of my perspective on the world, which is, it's not such a bad place out there. I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's not as bad as I think it, it could be. Sure. Yeah, there's there's something to be said for having a positive perspective on life. Let me ask you, and I'll probably do this many times, you said that your favorite thing has been this feeling of love. Do you have a specific example that jumps to mind? What did you picture when you described that? Was it a particular interview or a story someone told you? Um, well, one that just kind of comes to mind for me lately, uh, because this is just one of the more recent episodes, was when I interviewed um, uh, Kevin and Evo, for the the Fab Family seventy six um, internet personalities, and their and, and their son uh, Nasim, and they, they when they when they talked about how they recognized their love for him and felt this need to adopt him and take care of him, come to and really complete their family. Uh, that is, first of all, just so pure. I think it's so pure. The second thing, just think about their specific situation. Uh, they were the very first, um, you know, gay couple that I've interviewed on this show. Not for, and again, not for lack of my disinterest in hearing that perspective or, or for any reason like that. But it, it was honestly, I, I just hadn't uh, found anybody with uh, 
that that sort of um, presence and personality that I wanted to bring to this show to sh- kind of share that message and bring that message to this show. Um, and they just embodied everything about it. So that is a very um, j- just recent one that kind of comes to mind. There have also been a number of others just kind of on a different side of it. And this is something that we experienced recently with with the miscarriage. But just talking to the um, to the parents that have lost a a baby or or have uh, experienced infant loss or toddler loss or or whatever it might be, hearing that perspective and, and how uh, they don't give up and how they want to pay it forward. I think that shows more than anything about how you can overcome some of the worst situations in the world. I, I wouldn't ever uh, wish what I've heard from some of these folks. I wouldn't ever wish that on anybody or even, you know, some of the folks who have dealt with major childhood illness with some of their kids um, or have experienced some trauma in their own childhood from, uh, from let's say abusive parents or, or whatever the case may be, there is this, this perseverance that comes through and they want to try to make the world a better place in their own way. Um, that's the sort of love that I think is really great to share on a show like this. And what I hope it does for the folks out there listening is that it helps them kind of reframe their perspective on things. If they're seeing something in a negative light and perhaps they want to, uh, they're, they're looking for some kind of a, a tangible way to overcome that challenge um, and see things in a little bit of a different light. Uh, perhaps that is helpful to them. Um, I, does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it gives me a side note that I want to mention and then circle back to you later, which is I've noticed in the last six months since we spoke, uh, you've hit a lot of serious topics with the show. And uh, as I look at the list here, there's the miscarriage, there was therapy, co-parenting, heart crate, um, the LGBTQ plus, these are all things you've covered in the last six months, which is kind of amazing to me, uh, the the depth of conversations you've gotten into. I'm going to ask you about those specifically in a little bit, but I want to ask now, did you plan to get into deeper topics as you went along, or is this something that's just bubbled up for you? Um, I, I, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. First of all, what I started realizing is, you know, nothing against some of my friends out there, but I found myself just really interviewing my friends about their perspectives on parenting. And that's good because I think what, what they're, what it teaches is that there's an underlying special story to everybody's circumstance. And I think that that needs to be recognized and called out and, uh, and also, uh, shared with the world because, um, everybody has their own thing that they're dealing with. But what I found myself wanting to do is, is uh, I kind of reoriented my messaging for the show to really be dedicated towards, um, you know, w- what are some of those stigmas that people don't want to talk about in the parenting community and just bringing it to light, making it not an issue by talking about it in a very civilized kind of way. Um, you know, this topic of vaccinations, for instance, is something that I'm kind of... Uh, passionate about and I and I want to talk about why it's important to vaccinate and um, I think that the 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 LGBTQ plus uh, sort of representation is another thing that I really wanted to make sure was uh, put out there miscarriages these are these are things that also and and just to be fair a, a lot of these topics even came from the community of listeners uh, that, that have written in or posted on the Facebook community and said, Hey, these are some things that I want to hear more about. And frankly, that's just an indication that people aren't talking about it uh, on, uh, other, in other ways that people consume media. So for those people, I wanted to share this message and also to make this a much more substantial podcast rather than just simply telling a story, which I think is important in its own way, but adding more value to the perspective, which is, um, you know, parenting is celebrated and uh, done in in a variety of different ways. So we should be aware of how people parent, uh, of the different situations that they're in, and also empathize and show compassion for the, the ways that people parent. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they're, a bunch of interesting things you dropped in there. I think 
the ending the point there about being much more than a story i i assume what you mean is is your own story and that to me when i went back and listened to early days that certainly the root of this show is is your story how how do you feel about the balance of your story and bringing in other people's stories up to this point do you do you feel like you've lost your own part of the uh, parenting story in it with bringing other people or do you feel like you're balancing it off nicely yeah that, that's a good question i think that part of this um well first of all when I, when i think of the dad chronicle in, in this case just kind of selfishly like i think i am the dad in this chronicle and i think that uh but also what what's important in this entire podcast series, just kind of thinking about how this show has evolved. Um, it's really been thinking through, okay, what is kind of Alex going through uh, in his perspective as a parent and uh, and inviting others in so that Alex can like learn how to do this dad thing. Um, and, and my own way of learning is by hearing others and l- witnessing what it is they're doing and, uh, Perhaps if I agree with the way that they're doing things, which in most cases, you know, I do. I find little tidbits of how to be a better dad myself. So I think that um, for the show itself, I, I think that it's still all one story um, in kind of the the macro level. Um, but when we kind of get to the micro, which is perhaps uh, perhaps I'm using this terminology of macro and micro correctly or perhaps i'm being a little dyslexic about it but as we get more into like the nitty-gritty of what we're talking about in each story um at its root is kind of what i've talked about in the past when it comes to the show i want to be able to provide value to the listeners so it at the end of the day um i'm certainly learning something by doing these interviews and talking to parents but also what I want each person on a very micro level to take away from each episode is a takeaway of perspective and understanding and just some some kind of a tangible um, to do, you know, like something that that they can go back and say, you know what, I'm going to try being uh, approaching my teenager uh, with this perspective rather than blowing up about an issue. I'm going to be a little bit more understanding. So that's kind of the way I try to uh, to look at the overall Dad Chronicle being, you know, 100 episodes so far of of this story. On its very high level, it's it's still very much kind of my understanding of the world and hearing how people handle parenting and uh, looking for advice myself. But then also creating a catalyst uh, to offer that same knowledge um, in the form of a podcast to everybody else. Yeah, that's great. That's it occurs to me that with all of those perspectives, and that's a key word there in what I heard from you, is you've got young child, certain type of household, but you, you're bringing in people with different perspectives, different experiences from yours to help talk to all dads and also see what you can learn from them. What would you say in learning from them? What are the one or two lessons that have sticked with you the most in all of your 99 episodes previous um patience is probably one of the biggest ones and this is this is something that uh has also been kind of one of those topics that pops up every once in a while um and you know if anybody out there is a parent and joe you know this like it freaking it's freaking hard to be patient sometimes it's really hard like uh, Aria will just kind of go on and on about something. And you know, at some point you want to tell the kid, like, just stop, stop. And, but, but what you're not realizing is, you know, she's learning how to be vocal and she's learning how to assert herself in certain ways. And you have to be kind of respectful and help her find those boundaries. Um, that's been probably like, like I always felt like I was a really patient person before I was a parent. Let me tell you what I'm not. I'm not very patient, it turns out. Um, <laughs> and Joe, I actually welcome your perspective on on patience as well. Just kind of you're, you're a bit further into this parenting thing than I am. But I mean, have you found that this patience thing gets easier as time goes on? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the full stop. That's the answer. It, it, well, I 
I've been thinking about it recently myself. And I also just want to, before I answer this, point out, you you just couldn't help asking the other person a question. No, I can't, man. I'm sorry. You and I are both. <laughs> this okay. is the problem with interviewers interviewing interviewers. But No, uh, like I've been wrestling with this uh, recently. And for me, the the way I see it, my big challenge is with patients is I have, you know, I'm, I went back and listened to the, a bit of the Bobby episode and I'm, my mom called me a stay at home dad a few years back and I cringed at it because I do my own stuff. I'm an independent contractor. I design programs. I teach programs and I think of myself that way. Uh, but if you look at, if you use the calendar method of defining who I am, I spend more time taking care of the kids than I do running a business. Uh, and what I've realized is that one of the things that jumps up for me in the context of patients is wanting to be able to manage my own time to my own outcomes versus trying to manage my time to get other people to achieve their outcomes and the other people being the kids yeah. and, and the kids not quite seeing it sometimes. And so, uh, for me, my impatience jumps up when I have a, a task focus on something I want to get done mm. as opposed to having a, a relational focus on, on how we are as a family and what's going on. Um, and so that, that jumps out at me for the patient's issue. Now I've won. This is something that's just really popped as an idea in my head in the last couple of months. So I'm now paying attention to it, realizing I've been fairly poor at it in different times over the years, but how to change my focus and, and change my perspective on, on that, that patience isn't just putting up with the kid's silliness. Like dad, watch my video, dad, do this. My daughter has started recording vlogs, which are spectacular, but also five to 17 minutes long. And she wants to show them <laughs> um, and, and making time for that, but also understanding my management of my own time versus sort of what I'm trying to achieve and what I'm trying to do for the kids, that patience for me gets, uh, gets really thin. But I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's still hard. It just shifts in, in quality, I would yeah. say, as far as how I'm trying to be patient and what's going on. And I think much like, you know, physical exercise, it's something where you have to keep doing it or else you get, you know, pudgy and sedentary but in your patience and your relationship. Yes. You get the dad bod. Um, the dad, yeah, the, the, the dad, dad bod. bod, the emotional dad bod. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But that patience piece I think is, is one big takeaway. And another thing is, you know, I've always felt like a pretty empathetic person and, and compassionate person. And that's something that I always wanted to bring more into the world. Um, but, but just learning different ways to be compassionate and empathetic with others has been another major takeaway. Like, uh, again, kind of hearkening back to something um, similar with Family Fab and, and talking to Kevin and, and Eva. Like, those guys thinking about, first of all, what their son Nassim is unfortunately going to go through as far as bullying goes. And, and mm -hmm. he, you know, he's got two dads, like what, that, what's that going to be like for him? And that's the unfortunate truth of it. And they have a big, um, you know, anti-bullying sort of perspective. So that hearing how they approach anti-bullying and it, it just brings to, to light a whole new respect for people that are bullied. Um, you know, all of us have, I'm sure have been bullied in, in our lives, you know, high school's not easy. Uh, and I think that we should be, um, listening with, you know, extra care when people are talking about the way that they're feeling about how a certain thing affects them emotionally or whatever it might be, because, you know, that that's stuff that can really impact people for the long run. And, um, I, I just want to be able to bring those messages forward on the show as well. So that, but, but it's, it's also struck me in a way I didn't expect it to. And perhaps again, that's because I'm more empathetic than, uh, than some out there, but I think that it's been, uh, that's been another lesson. Well, sure. And it takes, it takes empathy to be able to do interviews like you do, like be able to, to get people to share their stories. You have to have a certain level of empathy in order to be able to 
draw them out and make them feel comfortable. Yeah. In in that light, let me ask you, um, what would you say has been the most challenging of all your interviews? And that could be either someone that was hard to interview or an interview that hit you hard uh, in the process of it. Um, so, uh, and again, I don't want this to sound like a cop out because I'm going to mention something that happened, uh, very recently. Um, mm-hmm. but the, uh, two, the, the two episodes where, you know, I, I, I kind of talked about the miscarriage. Um, mm-hmm. that was just a straight take. I just recorded myself. I talked into a microphone and all I did was just add in the uh, the front and end bumpers, you know. Well, I didn't even, and when I say bumpers, you know, the music. All I did was add in the music. Um, talking about that and talking about, you know, child loss after the fact with Jeff and Sam in the most recent episode before this, um, that was really, really hard because it's still something that's kind of a fresh wound. I've come to terms with what's happened, but at, at, the, at the end of the day, like, you're not okay with what happened. Um, or, or you, you're not over what happened, I guess is a better way to put it. You know, um, I, I've kind of accepted what has happened, but that doesn't make it like, okay in my mind, I guess. And, and just kind of talking to those guys was cathartic, but th- that topic in itself was really hard. And in both cases afterwards, I just went upstairs and Deanna was sitting there on the couch and I just, I just gave her a hug and I was like, that was hard. That mm-hmm. was really hard. Um, but I also think that it's it's hard because it's something very real that happens to people. And oftentimes, people don't take the time to talk about it. And again, another big part of this show is just destigmatizing some of that. Um, it's unfortunate, but a lot of men don't feel very confident talking about that sort of stuff. So the, uh, my goal is to make people feel more comfortable talking about that sort of stuff so that there isn't this issue of anxiety or stress or we can at least limit the amount of anxiety and stress that they cause. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see your concern about showing a recency bias there, but that, that was, that was powerful stuff. That was, that was, um, I honestly waited to listen to any of that. And you had told me personally before, uh, you put it up. Um, and it was not, you know, we all have dealt with, death in the families uh, in different ways. And, you know, I still, um, you know, I'm still dealing with one that's, you know, a year back and now those, that's scary. Um, with that in mind, I would like to change. <laughs> we're going to pull things to a lighter tone. Um, on a lighter note. Uh, so we've talked about the, the most challenging interview. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to flip the switch 180 degrees. Okay. What's the silliest moment you've had in the dad chronicles so far? Oh man. Silliest. Um, let me think. Um, geez. Uh, that's a really good question because there's been like a lot of deep topics lately and this is hard to kind of pull out of, but I, I think, um, you know, just talking to, well, I'll just say this. First of all, talking to some of the folks, um, who have kind of shared, uh, and I've done this with, with the guys from joystick and mouse as well, where it's like, we, we talk about what are some of the ways that we handle like video games and kids and like talking about some of like the ways that we want our kids to be as geeky as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been some of the most fun, um, when it comes to like talking about some of the, the, the ways that we parent, um, also because like, there's a little bit of of looking into the future and kind of hoping, you know, man, it would be really cool if Arya like loved Star Wars as much as I do. <laughs> let's let's like f- fantasize about that for a second. Like us going to uh, Galaxy's Edge together as uh, you know, as father and daughter, and like getting into all that stuff. Like right now, we're starting to watch Star Wars, so that has been some of the fun, the most fun topics. And then also talking about like how upset some kids get at like video games and just kind of mm-hmm. thinking back. Okay. Like that was totally me. I was that kid who, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't go as far as to like throw a controller at a TV, but I would get mad, man. And, um, just hearing and also, uh, hearing from other parents who were like, yeah, that was me too. And now my kid is doing it. And then I, I got to explain to them. Don't stop. You got to not feed the troll. Okay. Don't feed the troll. Um, so, uh, the, some of those situations have been really fun to just reminisce about our own childhood and then looking at how our own kids are starting to become, 
the same way. Just sharing that geekiness is something that I I've always been passionate about. You know, like share your love of whatever it is that you just are, are absolutely into. Uh, and, and give your kids an opportunity to embrace that as well. And, and you have some of the best times. Like these are like little mini yous, you know? And so take the time to uh, explore what they're into and let them explore what you're into. And they'll be, first of all, they'll be t- like totally uh, open to checking out the things. Like Arya sits down and loves to watch me play Nintendo Switch. How much better is it? Like how much better could it get to have like your toddler want to sit down and like play video games with you? Like, that's cool. I love that. So uh, that's that's been some of, like, the the silliest stuff. If you go if you go back in time, and, and for those listening who may be listening recently but maybe not listening in the past, um, we had some roundtable discussions with folks around, like, you know, how to approach video games with your kids, and we had some fun conversations with that. And, uh, Brian Dunaway was also another really fun conversation uh, that I had. He's just a, he's a silly guy. He, and, and he's also, he can also get quite serious. And we talk about some of that stuff in his, um, in his, uh, episode, but we also talk about video games and, uh, and our mutual appreciation of geeky stuff. So, um, th- those are some of the fun, but also another, uh, just, you know, maybe not silly or goofy, but some of the most fun, uh, episodes I have was that stretch, like right after ANTP season one, which you and I were mm-hmm. both in where, um, I had my smorgasbord of, um, of, of people to interview between, you know, my fellow contestants to the judges, uh, who I just, I've idolized for years as a podcaster and, um, building out this community, um, has just been so awesome. So that's been, it's just been, it's, it's been like, just, I never, I guess when I started this episode, uh, th- this show would have thought that I would have had the opportunity to interview some like really high profile people on, you know, the internet that I really looked up to, like, uh, Brian Brushwood and, and Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett and, you know, like the list goes on. Um, and then, you know, having the pleasure of building that community and then meeting everybody from ANTP, like just kind of like a dream come true looking back. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, what could you pick out one or two interviews that were the most exciting, for you to do or that are your favorite oh man scott johnson for sure and and and, you know like now that like i'm kind of friends with scott it's it's kind of funny just looking back at how much like i idolized him i I wanted to when i thought about being a podcaster i was like i gotta be like scott i I want to do everything like scott and uh and i found myself delivering stuff like scott in some cases and, and i wasn't being true to myself and i had to kind of cut it back a little bit but but then there were uh there were also times when doing the dad chronicle you know amongst other shows that i was doing where i would find myself saying you know it'd be really fun to have scott on this show and then finally talking to scott at tms vegas last year and i kind of locked him into doing the dad chronicle with me and uh and he was like yeah sure and you know like we had we had traded phone numbers and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like, this is great. And I had him on and, uh, just that conversation was everything that I wanted it to be. Because one thing that I, that is true about Scott Johnson, um, that, that, you know, this as well, because you've had interactions with him. He's as genuine a dude on the internet, on the shows as he is just having a regular conversation with him. And you've interviewed him as well. Um, and, and, and especially as a parent, like, just hearing his uh, perspective on how important his family is, you know, first of all, that comes across in all the shows that that we've listened to over the years. But bringing that into this show and reaffirming it in a very genuine conversation with him was very reassuring, and you know, uh, made me happy to happy to be a patron of his for however long now. So I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. That's excellent. Yeah, Scott is uh, an amazing individual. I really appreciate the point in your story where you said I used to look up to Scott so much, but now that and now that we're friends and you just kind of trailed off quietly, like I've come to know him for for who he really is. And man, was I silly to look up to him. No, um, <laughs> and, 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 and also, I say, but, I say that in jest because Scott would fully appreciate that. Yeah, too. but here's the thing: like, and I've talked to Nicole Spag about this too when I interviewed her on ANTP. Uh, he and Nicole and, and, and when they were all talking about, um, there's some topic that had come up on TMS when they were all talking and there was like this, this discussion about 
um, when Nicole like idolized Scott and was like like super fangirly about him, and then mm-hmm. they like got to meet each other and they were all friends and like all this stuff. And Scott made this comment about no, you know, like we're all just potatoes. There's nothing special about us. We're all just potatoes. <laughs> and so I mentioned that to Nicole because that Nicole and I had that conversation like that week when they had talked about that on TMS. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've I've really um, glommed onto when I'm speaking with folks in you know perhaps higher social situations like and maybe better known on social media or on the internet. At the end of the day, we're all people. We're all potatoes. Mm-hmm. There's you know we've all got our story. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Some of us might maybe a little more spotty on the potato spectrum than others, but th- at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we've all got. Uh, you know, uh, as long as we're all just genuine, good individuals, like, you know, there's nothing to be intimidated about when when it comes to talking to anybody. And that's the way I try to approach all of my interviews. And that's why I try to make it very personable and much more of a conversation. Um, because I don't want to approach it. Like I never wanted to go into that Scott Johnson interview interview or, or Ibit or, or, you know, getting Schwood on here and, and like fangirling over them. That's never Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. So I always genuinely tried to approach it as very much a like it's just me and a buddy sitting down and talking like we normally would. Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. And it is. I love that where I'm just now picturing the T-shirt that says we're all just potatoes. Um, (laughs) So let me ask you along those lines. We've talked about silly. We've talked about ambitious. Have there been shows, interviews or um, monologues that you've dropped that you've cut like is there a cutting room floor for the dad chronicles and is there something you can tell us about sort of behind the scenes about things that haven't made it on for one reason or another um i have never not published a show and that and that's mostly because and i've had some interviews i'm not going to name anything uh but where it's been you know, kind of like, is this the best interview in the world? Perhaps I'm not on my game. Perhaps like the the guest wasn't um, giving it their all or or sharing as much as they want to. I've had some cases where where I've had to you know tell uh, or I've had somebody say, hey, I need you to take out this entire bit about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for their sake, I'm not going to uh, specifically say what that is, but uh, oh, you sure. could just I mean, you could just you could just imagine like you know, any family situations, right? So uh, in some of those cases, that's kind of what gets cut. Um, oh, and by the way, and, and uh, this is something that I talk about at the beginning of every single interview before I even start recording, is I say, you know, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And that is kind of, and I say, look, I'm I'm an open book. I don't know if you are. And I kind of explain that, hey, some people don't want to talk about abuse, you know, drug use, uh, you know, like, like different, different things like that. And everybody's super receptive to that. And they're like, wow, thank you for asking that. And they kind of give me a thing to perhaps steer away from. And that, and that's my job as the interviewer, as you know, to not go there. And, and I, and I very much respect that. So in most cases, I don't have to cut anything unless after the fact they're like, Hey, you know, that thing I said about that thing, I, I let's just get rid of that. And then I'm very respectful about that. But even then, I, I try to respect the interview as much as possible and the time that that person took. I will always publish it, no matter what. And, and I think that that's also in kind of the spirit of sharing the story behind the dad that I talked to or whoever it might be. Um, and I'm also um, somewhat picky about who I choose to be on the show in the first place. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I have a conversation with somebody. Um, I haven't ever had to be like, Hey, would you like to be on the show? Oh, never mind. <laughs> like I've never had to do that, but I genuinely do take time to work with the person to say, "Hey, what uh, you know, here's kind of what the mission of the show is about. I want there to be a tangible takeaway. What is some of that um, you know, we, like let's dig into some of the background of what you're dealing with and and let's think about how we frame what what message we're trying to deliver." And I kind of have that kind of ramped up before we go. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, there's one thing you didn't mention there, which I'm slightly jealous of is because a lot of the the majority of things I have not published are because somehow the tech got in the way and garbled the heck out of the interview. Or, oh, that's happened. 
Uh, actually, but but and where that happened, it's really funny. It, it happened with uh, Brian Dunaway's interview. And first of all, this is why Dunaway is like one of the best human beings ever because he was like, "Dude, it's happened to me." Like he was like totally empathetic, and he was like working with me proactively. Be like, "How about this other day?" Like, why don't we try a different date? Um, we'll we'll re-record. Basically, we got about halfway through the interview, and the computer just like took a dump, mm-hmm. and and I had, didn't ha- like nothing was saved. So. Uh, but he was super cool about it. And then it was like a week later, we ended up recording again. Um, and it was a great interview. It was a wonderful interview. And, and, uh, I think the first interview was better because I was coming at it from a much more genuine, um, surprising, you know, surprised place when he kind of went in some directions that I think wasn't unfortunately captured because my reaction, you know, was like after the fact I already knew, um, sure. But, you know, it is what it is, and you just kind of keep trucking, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I want to move from talking about our retrospective and about these hundred episodes you've had to talking about the future. And the way I want to do that is first to bridge the past into the future and then to just uh, blue sky. Oh, my. I'm sorry. That's such a consultant term like <laughs> like like you can't gonna, help yourself gonna, dude. I, I can't help myself uh but uh to just imagine and and project but so the bridging i want to bridge from the past to the future and by and i want to do that by talking about the community you've mentioned the community a few times so far and and you've talked about building the dad chronicle community uh, can you tell me and tell the listeners a little bit about your version of the story of how that community's grown and what you're excited about with that community. And then we'll shift into the vision for it after that. Yeah, sure. So I've built a, it's, and when I say community, you know, it's a, uh, there's a community page on Facebook or whatever. Kind of the broader sense of the community though, is just people who tend to listen to the dad chronicle a bit. They participate in that community uh, Facebook page um, or, you know, reach out to me on social media or email or whatever it might be, uh, the patrons, things like that. Um, you know, kind of the way I've always approached communities is just to build them up organically. I kind of like smaller communities, bigger isn't always better. And in, you know, this case, it's not a huge community, but there's, there are people all around the world that listen to the show, which is really neat. Um, and I think that what I've done to kind of build it up is just to, uh, start from day one, kind of like, um, let people know about the Facebook community or to let people know about the website or, or however they can get in touch with me. And, um, what that's kind of gleaned is a lot of the content that's been out lately. So just thinking about LGBTQ, um, representation in, in the, in the parenting space, um, there's actually kind of, Spoiler alert, there's going to be, and this is kind of talking about the future, so I won't go too far into it, but it's like, we're going to be talking about some educational topics where, like, literally education, like, different forms of education from Montessori to homeschooling to, like, different things like that so that people can kind of hear uh, the different perspectives of of what works for different kids in different situations, which, again, is just going with the vibe of the show, which is to hear perspective, right? So, um, but that's been a huge, the community has been a, a huge um, catalyst for some of the the topics that I choose, um, as well as giving me feedback about, you know, the show or, uh, different, different ideas that I should take into consideration from a, um, a production standpoint or, or whatever. And how is that, how have you seen that grow? And I imagine, well, I know just realistically, it didn't start off as, uh, uh, the size it is now or the participation participation, it has now like was there a point where you saw things start progressing with the community at large um you know uh i won't lie and say that like america's next top podcaster didn't help um because that (laughs) that that kind of helped a bit uh got got quite a few folks who were like oh this is cool uh oh you're also you know i heard you on antp you're that that runner-up fellow who sucks compared to amy frost and then uh you know oh you got this show about parenting this is cool I'm just kidding. I love you, Amy. Um, we all suck compared to Amy Frost. <laughs> we've come to terms with it. Uh, she's the best. Um, 
And then, uh, but but ANTP definitely was a catalyst. But I think even before that, what I was surprised at is like, I would look just, you know, one thing, first of all, I just want to be clear, like, I don't really look at my numbers. I, I don't, I, I more look at like a heat map of where are people listening? Because I want to be topically relevant to people depending on where they're listening in the world. But what I noticed is that really there's like representation across the world. I have folks in the UK and Australia and Japan and uh, where, where else? Like Korea um, Latin America, like there were all these different people kind of listening and, um, and, and that was, but that, that didn't really ha that happened more so just organically in me telling people about it. Uh, when I would interview somebody, I would have them on the show. And first of all, I never tell anybody, Hey, if you're on the show, you have to share this on social media, but they would just do that anyway. And then mm -hmm. their friend groups would find out and then they would just stick around. So it was, it was all very organic. And, and this is kind of going back to like just Scott Johnson methodology and it, you just grow it organically, go, grow slow. You don't want a, a fast burn. Like that's going to just spell, you know, disaster for, for a podcast. So that's kind of the way I've done it. And also, you know, just taking into consideration, this is my, you know, side job. I would love to podcast for a living. I think that'd be cool, but like, you know, that's not going to pay the bills. So I need to, um, you know, just spend my time wisely. And part of that isn't just freaking going balls to the wall. Otherwise I would, I would just burn out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Let me ask you now talking about that, Sorry, I just caught myself in my head going, the that makes perfect sense. It's one of my little ticks on my interviews. Um, <laughs> let me let me validate your answer. No. Uh, so that's the community in the past and how it's grown so far. Uh, what would you, what's your vision for the community in the future? What's, uh, what would you, and not just vision, but sort of fantasy, your ideal development of the community over the next hundred episodes? World domination. No, um, I, I think that part of this is just continuing that slow burn. Um, I think I think driving more community engagement on just first of all continuing the the ideas, right? Like, uh, I I want as much interaction from like the people have a need, and I want to be able to fulfill that need. Um, that's a very like Gary Vaynerchuk way of answering that, but I, I think mm -hmm. that that's true in podcasting and kind of maintaining your audience. You want them to keep coming back. Um, I think that it, it would, I have a desire, um, and, and there's been some ideas also about if, if we hit a certain Patreon goal, uh, and actually we don't have Patreon for this. We have just like a regular patron. We have, we have a patron through Podbean. Um, so, mm -hmm. we, but if we hit a certain goal um, to talk to, um, you know, some folks about doing a live show on Twitch about parenting, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and just kind of having live audience participation, uh, about that topic. Um, there have been some ideas kind of floating around around that. So I think that that would be kind of the, the future. Um, ultimately it would be great if I could get the sort of, you know, numbers monetarily to, to where it makes sense for me to do this full time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but, but again, I, you know, I, I make enough to cover the cost and then some, of this show, uh, but it's not necessarily, you know, it's not going to, uh, I'm not in a place to quit my day job. I'll put it that way. Right. Right. So we've talked about the community. Let's talk about the show and the episodes moving forward. So let's think about episode 200. When you call me back to interview you again. Yes. For episode 200. What, uh, between now and then, uh, three questions. One, what's your like, fantasy interview that you've gotten in the next hundred episodes that you're amazed at? Two, um, what topic have you tackled that you haven't had a chance to address now that you'd really be engaged with? And three, I think this hasn't happened yet, but when does Arya show up on mic? <laughs> uh so the first one the first uh question that i think i think this would be a really uh, there are a couple of people that come to mind as far as a really interesting interview one would be Patton oswald i would love to have him on um Patton, if you're listening to this holla at you boy i didn't just say that <laughs> Patton is actually a uh, uh he's a local from northern virginia here and um 
we know some mutual people, and it would be really cool to have him on the show. His journey mm-hmm. through fatherhood has been uh, kind of a tumultuous one with his uh, first wife passing away, and j- but just seeing how he has kind of rebounded from that, and and um, I I, lo- I love the messaging that he brings just in general, and uh, I follow him on social media, and and, and I love his work. Um, another person I think would be really fun is Will Wheaton, uh, just because it's mm-hmm. Will Wheaton. And I want to yell at him and say, damn it, Wesley. But uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, now, Will is is just one of those genuinely awesome people that uh, I, I've, I've always just been amazed at his composure and his class, especially around anti-bullying. Um, there was a... Uh, a really wonderful video of this woman who was pregnant at a convention where Will Wheaton was speaking and, and she asked him to say some words to her unborn child. And he gave the most thoughtful speech. And I encourage people to go just Google it. You'll find it. You'll know exactly what it is when you start hearing it. Um, but I, I love his, he's very eloquent in the way that he speaks and very thoughtful. And especially from one geek to another, it's uh, it would just be a f- really fun conversation to have uh, with somebody like him. Um, now you asked the second question, and I'm trying to remember what that is. Remind me. What topics do you think it would be great to have that you would have covered in the next hundred episodes? Oh man, that's and that's actually a really that's a good question because I'm kind of I feel like I'm kind of getting at some of these places where I'm like, man, what's next? Like, what is a good next episode? Um, I, I I frankly don't know until I get there. Um, I try to see what's kind of topical. Um, what are some of the concerns that people are having? Like, in some of these episodes coming out you'll, uh, through the education podcast, like, you'll, you'll hear some mentioning about uh, some of the unfortunate circumstances around COVID-19, how people are handling education at home, um, and how uh, educators are dealing with it uh, kind of on a, on a bigger level. Um, so it's hard to say exactly what it is that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, but the, the topic around education is kind of coming and that's one thing that's been honestly on my mind for a little while, just because Aria is getting to that age of what is going to be that right, um, uh, you know, educational platform for her private school, mm-hmm. public school, homeschool, you know, like all these things kind of come to mind. So, you know, I just want to learn that. And that's part of the dad chronicle, right? Like uh, just my learning in this case. So I'm sure that in, you know, like the next year, she's going to be, uh, there's going to be another milestone. Um, if you would ask me this question like a year ago, it would have been like, dude, tell me about potty training because I'm scared <laughs> to death of it. And let me tell you what, uh, past Alex, it freaking sucks. And you should be scared of it because uh, there's a lot of fluids involved and it's quite gross. So uh, that this is just kind of the way I've been approaching this is that as I'm trying to figure out things as a parent, um, I try to keep that uh, to, to fuel my pipeline. And then and then as far as your third question around when Arya is going to be on mic, I thought about that. And, and uh, first of all, she's getting to a point where she can kind of form sentences. I think it would be more fun to have her on microphone at some point when she can actually like, when we can have like a really meaningful conversation Um, maybe in like the next year or so, because we we already kind of have conversations, but it's more like, okay, what do you, uh, what do you want to eat? Okay. You want Mac and cheese or uh, you want uh, ham and cheese or, you know, like cheese uh, because that's all she wants to eat is cheese. (laughs) Um, so it would just be a conversation about cheese. And frankly, I don't think that the listeners want to hear that. So I think that would be a better time is when we can have a more meaningful conversation. So maybe in the next year, we'll see. That's great. Yeah. It's, uh, it had occurred to me, like, it's one of those things where it's kids voices are fun in those little blurps, especially in the kids say the darndest thing sort yeah. of category. Oh, she says some darndest yeah. things. I'll, I'll right. tell you that. But being able to capture those specifically for microphone, either you're, you know, full on Alexa and recording everything or you're, you know, you got to get very lucky. Oh, yeah. So. Alex, congratulations. I am excited for you. I am jealous of you because I have been a podcaster who's gone in fits and starts. And I understand the the challenge of getting interviews and getting people out. You should be incredibly proud and excited 
for getting through a hundred episodes and not just getting through, but being at the point where you are now, where you have momentum and energy and you're fully prepared to, to do a hundred more. All you need to do now is look at someone like Brian Ibbett, who's at 1300 and something and just, you know, set your target. I'm coming for you, Ibbett. You just wait. I'm coming for you. No, I think, thank you very much. Uh, because I think that first of all, uh, you taking the time to interview me has been a pleasure and, it's always fun talking to you, Joe. I think this is great. And uh, I, I have to say that it's not easy. Um, and people like like Ibn and even Hammond, who I've had on this show, too, uh, who's another one of those inspirations of mine just as, as a producer, just somebody who's doing this for a living. That guy has never missed a single interview on his show and, and that is, uh, per week, and that's incredibly hard to do. Um there's a moment earlier this this year where you know we had the miscarriage and I couldn't bring myself to podcast on this show specifically because man like it's real hard and I've talked about this it's real hard to talk about parenting after dealing with that um, and, and I'm sure there there are going to be more situations that come up that, that where we're going to hit some kind of a hardship um, and, and I just want to thank first of all all the fans the listeners who have stuck around um, and and have uh you know continue to listen and stay subscribed it, it means the world to me and uh i am always uh happy to be a resource for everybody listening and i'm looking forward to another 100 so thank you joe awesome well again congratulations that's all the questions i have for you is there anything else you want to tell your very own listeners you know good good question joe um as your final question so i do want to tell our listeners that if you want to become a patron you could do so if you head over to the dadchronicle.com there's a link there to become a patron find a level that works for you and uh every dollar and you know it's just one dollar a month if you have one dollar to spare that definitely helps us pay the bills here for this show and if you'd like to write in on and uh comment on any of the conversation that we had you can do so the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com from me from joe I wish you all the very best, and we'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.